one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee it's time to open the word once again with evangelist Lester Roloff on the Family Altar program. Glory for all is changed when Jesus comes to stay. Will you turn please in that little book called Zephaniah? You don't hear much preaching from the book of Zephaniah, but I have four things I want to give to you. Read from the third chapter, verse 2. She obeyed not the voice. She received not correction. She trusted not in the Lord. She drew not near to her God. And the most serious thing that we need to face in our churches, God will not accept anybody who rejects his word. He'll make you never say educated you are. And when I say reject the word, I mean when we refuse to believe every bit of the word of God, I believe the Lord will not accept us. And I'll tell you why. God, according to the scripture, has set his word above his name. And nobody can respect the name of Jesus and deny his word. My name in Corpus Christi, Texas, is not worth the snap of your finger apart from my debts being paid and my promise being kept. There is no honesty unless we keep our word. And the very source of dishonesty is when we make a promise and do not fulfill it. And the Lord said, it's better not to make a vow than to make a vow and not to keep it. Now you look at these four things I'm going to share with you. In this second verse, she obeyed not the voice. What is that? Just truth refused. I'm just not going to believe it, that's all. I refuse it. She obeyed not the voice. He told, heard the voice. Didn't say didn't hear the voice. Didn't say didn't did hear the voice. But he refused to obey the word as it came. Truth refused. And dear friends, that starts the decline in any Christian's life. When I went to Baylor University in 1933 to 37, President Patty M. Neff would not permit one cigarette to be lighted on Baylor's campus. I've seen him, I've seen him expel 20 students one day in chapel for smoking and said, you can arise and never return to this institution at my recommendation. Boy, I can see those students now pale as ghosts yeah. marching out. But there's a bunch of smart elics. They thought they could defy the rules. They knew the rules and regulations. But we're living in an undisciplined age. And listen, there's a spiritual law it's written down in the Bible, and God will write it in your heart if you let him. 
that you don't call the plays when you come to Jesus. Amen. And the number one need of an alcoholic is to be saved. Amen. And dear friends, when you get an alcoholic saved, he's saved from liquor and not in liquor. But I don't stop there. He's also saved from his other filthy habits like cigarette smoking. Amen. And any preacher that offers less than that, if you offer a salvation without deliverance, you haven't preached it all yet. Truth refused. What happens when you refuse the truth? The second thing, she received not correction. Conscience stifled. And brother, let me tell you something. You'll ruin, I said you'll ruin what conscience and moral judgment you've got when you refuse the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll have no character left when you turn your back on the truth of Christ. And the conscience was stifled. And you know, I think the preacher said a while ago, and he led us to believe that uh, there's not much conscience left. I mean, we, we get the, added, the attitude and idea that it's all right if you don't get caught. Or the fact that makes it all right is so many people are doing it. I heard people say, well, I'll tell you what. I don't believe that many people could be wrong. Well, let me tell you something. The majority of the people's always been wrong. And so when you line up with the crowds, you're wrong. And Jesus said that. And that's not because I want it to be like, sometimes people think because we are uh, take a stand like that, that we're just kind of rejoicing that so many people are going to hell. Not at all. Not at all. I wish, I wish everybody uh, was right. At least I wish the majority of the people were right but they never have been like that. Our first preacher told us that uh, they got back from uh, the promised land and they were full of grapes and, and they had uh, big uh, uh, clusters of them and demonstrations. And they said, I'll tell you one thing, uh, what we've heard is right. And uh, they had 12 on the committee and the chairman said, brethren, how do you feel about it? Let's give a report. And so help me, it was 10 to 2. The majority were wrong. I mean wrong. Of course, Caleb and Joshua said, we'll eat them up like hot biscuits and butter. Now, I don't think you're talking about ballards either. But anyhow, they, 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 they were outvoted. And Caleb and Joshua, now listen, here's something sweet about that. It didn't stop Caleb and Joshua from going over. They just had to wait a while. But brother, when the children of Israel marched across, Captain Joshua was doing the leading. Amen. Amen. And old Caleb was hollering, give me this mountain. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I mean, that bunch of doubters and draft dodgers, if you please, they didn't train their mind or keep them out of the promised land. And I've got news for you. If there's a drunkard here tonight, you can go into the promised land. If you want to, or nobody else goes. You can go. Sit out there sometime like a bunch of dead heads. You ought to wake up and go with us. It's good traveling. God have mercy and help us to know that Jesus is not going to leave us out if we want to go conscience stifled. Don't have any conscience in the matter. Nothing bothers me. You're a pastor. 
made a statement I never will forget. And I know he's right. Said that the best we've got in our churches would have been considered backsliders 25 years ago. Think that over. I mean, who's done the changing? Let me tell you something, bud. It's not the world that's done all the changing. The church members have done the changing. And they're the ones that let the world change on us. And what's happening in the, in the world is a result of what has not been happening in the churches. Just like 25, 30, 40 years ago when some of these mighty evangelists came through in their tents. Just name them. Sam Jones, Billy Sunday, uh, and all the rest of them. Listen, when they came through, you talk about giving the shock treatment. I mean, they gave it. Now then, the psychiatrist gives them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a time when people didn't go down to church to get a little sleep or for a little devotional. I mean, they, they knew something's going to happen, and they liked it, and the devil's tried to come with them. But now then, you wouldn't have a baker's dozen lost people coming in 30 days in every church. Church is not exciting enough anymore. Not enough happening. Too dull. Church giving tranquilizers instead of shock treatments. Conscience stifled the third thing. She received not correct. She trusted not in the Lord. Her faith was shattered. Her faith was shattered. I don't know of anything. I mean anything that would just completely paralyze you like just losing faith. Now, I don't have any faith in people, but I have faith in Jesus. Paul told me a long time ago, he said, have no faith or no confidence in the flesh. And he said, uh, make no provisions for the flesh. He said, I know that in me. And Paul said to this crowd one day, he said, you know, it's a strange thing. He said, the more I love you, the less I be loved. And he said, am, am I really become your enemy because I just tell you the truth? You know what that is? He said, I have preached Jesus to you and you act like my enemy. And you think I'm your enemy. Because I preached Jesus to you. That's the way these fellows feel out here. Did you know that? Some of them come in here and they say, man, I didn't expect it to be like this. Truth refused. Conscience stifled. Faith shattered. Last of all, fellowship is broken. And dear friends, when these first three things take place, you can just put it down. That's exactly What's going to happen to fellowship's gone. Now, before I close, you can have your relationship. To me, that's permanent because that's God's part. And when God performs the relationship, that comes the new birth. As far as I'm concerned, you can't break that. Now, the world, a lot of, and a lot of the religious world doesn't believe that, but I believe that the relationship is unbreakable because that's what God did. But let me tell you something. Anything that you do can be broken. And our, and our fellowship depends on our following and, and fellowshipping with him. And you can break your fellowship with the Lord. 
And I don't believe it's too hard to do. I believe you can just refuse to walk with him, read his word, pray, fellowship, and, and with good godly people, and, and to just testify and help. I believe you'll break your fellowship with the Lord. I believe you can refuse to praise the Lord. I believe you can come to the place where you just don't praise him and thank him and, and, and you're not filled with God. I believe you'll break your fellowship with the Lord. I believe you can get to the place where you act like you don't want to be around him. Your fellowship broken. I don't want to be around people who don't want to be around me. Fellowship broken. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff.